0: One of the leadership lessons that we can take from Elijah is God can still use us when we're depressed. God can still use us when we are dealing with anxiety. God can still use us when we've given up. God can still use us. You know, even when we're faithless, God remains faithful. to another episode of Think Like a Champion. And we're gonna get right into this in a moment that God will use you greatly. we talked about part one of this last time we were together on Think Like a Champion. God's gonna use you greatly. Leadership lessons from Elijah in the Bible. I know you might think, well, how do we take leadership lessons from these prophets? And God knew what he was doing before time began. And God knew that we could learn from these people in the Bible that were just like us, flawed human beings that were just like us. And we talked about how God will use us. And we talked about some of the things that would that that Elijah put into motion to bring about God's purpose in his life and that we can follow in these simple steps. And really, we focused on some of the strengths of Elijah, but today we're gonna to focus on some of the weaknesses as well. But where, we, where I want you to really zero in and where I want to zero in is where God uses Elijah to bring revival because we are, we are bringers. We are carriers of God's power and we're carriers of revival, which means that we take the things that are dead and bring them back to life. And God wants to bring things that have died in your life, healing and blessing and things that you've given up on and things that have uh, have turned to ashes. God's going to turn them, make them beauty, make them beautiful. He's going to turn ashes into beauty and he's going to bring life where there's been death or life where there's been near death. God wants to use you to bring revival. So think like a champion. What are we here for? We're dedicated to help you win in every way and enjoy every day. And so I want to get right back into this. And then at the end, we'll have a moment to pray and you can give if you'd like to. But we ended on the last point of God wants you to step out. When Elijah stepped out of his his own comfort zone, stepped out to do something he's never done before, what did he do? He the child of this widow had died and he went and stretched himself on this child and called to God, it says in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 21, and he said, oh, Lord God, I pray, let this child's life return to him. Now, right here is a lesson in taking risks and taking chances. Elijah is like asking God to do something that's never been done before, or at least Elijah's never asked God to do anything like this before. But we have to be willing to step out to do things we've never done before maybe it's to like pray in a life group maybe it's to pray in a you know for over your meal with your family maybe it's to share the gospel with somebody that you've never talked to about Jesus maybe it's that you're supposed to step out and do something in the, in the business world and start your own business. Maybe you're supposed to step out and and be an encourager and find people that are worse off than you and help them and be a blessing. To them. maybe you need to go on a mission trip. Maybe you need to take a, a day off where you just seek God and spend time just worshiping him and thanking him for all the good that he's done in your life. I don't know what it is, but whatever you haven't done before, that it would be something praiseworthy. Step out and do it. And I want you to see on the other side of being willing to take a risk and step out and do something. Maybe you've never served in your church. Step out and start serving in your church. Maybe you've never tithed and put God first. Step out and put God first with your money. Maybe you've never, you know, started conversations with people in gatherings where you're at and you just are more passive or you're more introspective like I am, more introverted like I am. And I've had to step out many times and start conversations and you can do it because if I could do it, you can do it. So but there's on the other side of stepping out, on the other side of taking risks, on the other side of doing something you've never done before, there is a revival coming. There is an awakening coming. There is a something miraculous is going to happen in other people's lives. And I love what happens here when it says that the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the life of that child returned to him and he was revived. You see, God used Elijah to revive this child, to revive this young boy. And God wants to use us to bring revival to the next generation, to bring revival in our children, to bring revival in our teenagers, to awaken them to the things of God, to the good things of God. We have a little bit of a revival going on here at Life Changers Church. So if you ever have an opportunity to join us, you'll see for yourself that there is life happening. There is things that were Things that were dead are coming back to life and God's using young people and God's using old people and God's using people that are middle aged as well. God is using people that are just willing to be used by him. You just got to say, God, I'm willing to have you use me and then take others with you. Lord, I'm willing to let I'm willing to bring others with me and then trust God. He'll provide for you. Lord, I trust you that you're going to provide for me and then step out and be willing to do something outside of yourself that you haven't done before. I know I'm like making some people uncomfortable a little bit here because we like to be comfortable and not be challenged like that, but you need to shake that off of you and realize that there's revival for somebody else on the other side of you taking a risk. Elijah ends up reviving this boy because Elijah is willing to do something that's never been done before. He's willing to try something that's never been tried before. He's willing to ask God for something he's never asked God before. He told the rain to stop, but now he's he's asking God. There's times where we just speak it and call it forth and use our words. But then there's times where we got to ask God for something bigger than what we've ever done before and had asked him before. And that's what he does. God, give this give this child life back. And it says he was revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother and says, See, your son is alive. Your son is alive. He brought somebody back to life. When you are willing, listen, it's miraculous, right? To, for somebody to come back to life who was dead, it's miraculous. We know Jesus rose from the dead, but even before that, this boy was raised from the dead. How? How did that happen? Because somebody was willing to be unembarrassable. Oh, I got to talk to you about this for a moment. We have to be willing to be unembarrassable. Like we have to be willing to do things that even though it might be it might normally be embarrassing, we're willing to do it anyway, even though it might you might might make you look stupid. If it doesn't work, we're going to try it anyway, even though it might feel like it's something you've never done before go for it anyway. When you are no longer embarrassable, when you become unembarrassable, you'll do great things for God. When you become unembarrassable, you'll do great things for your family. When you become unembarrassable that the things that used to easily embarrass you, you know, you don't care about those anymore because you want to see a miracle. You want to see something great happen, you know that little boy that with five loaves and two fish could have been embarrassed giving that to the disciples. Oh, what is this going to do? And the disciples could have been embarrassed giving it to Jesus. And they could have said, what's this going to do? In fact, they did say, what's this going to do? How's this going to help? This is just five loaves and two fish. But Jesus took it and he went to the father and he could have been embarrassed if it wouldn't have multiplied. Not that they knew what he was up to until it happened, but he was willing to take five loaves and two fish and thank God for it. And by thanking God for it, it multiplied when you're willing to do something that you've never done before and thank God for it. There's a miracle on the other side. There's a revival on the other side. God is going to bring revival through you. I just want you to know that there is somebody in your life. There's somebody in each of our lives that nobody else can reach but you. There's somebody in your life that nobody else can reach but you. If you are willing, if you would just say, God, use me in a way I've never been used before and I'm asking you to do something in my life that you've never done before, you start talking to God like that, you're going to start seeing great things happen. And he will use you. And why not? Why can't you be that person? Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, it says. He was human like us. Let me show you how human he was, because this is brings me to my next point, And that is that there are going to be letdowns after great victories. Don't be surprised when you feel let down. Don't be surprised when you get discouraged. You're going to there's going to be letdowns sometimes. You're going to be discouraged sometimes. You're going to come face to face with your weaknesses sometimes. But in the same way that we need to acknowledge our strengths, we need to also admit our weaknesses, too. And we need to realize that there are going to be some letdowns after some big victories. There are going to be some things you pray and ask for and you don't see the answer right away. There are going to be things where you plant a seed and you don't see the harvest right away, where you are kind to somebody, but they're not kind back to you right away. Maybe they're never going to be kind back to you, but somebody else will be because Whatever you sow, you'll also reap. But I want you to see this letdown that Elijah had in first Kings chapter 19. It says now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets in chapter 18 with the sword, all the false prophets. And it says then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. She doesn't even tell him directly. She just sends somebody to tell him and says, may the gods do to me and even more if i do not make your life as the life of one of them that you killed by tomorrow at this time so she threatens him and says i'm killing you elijah he gets his first death threat i'm gonna kill you is what jezebel says to elijah and doesn't even say it directly but sends it through a messenger like she's like i'm not even gonna I don't even next time I see him I'm killing him so just tell him next time I see him I'm killing him and he the messenger says she's coming to kill you and what does the bible say that Elijah did he did he say thus saith the lord Jezebel has no power over me thus saith the lord I bind her in the name of Jesus no he didn't say that it says in verse 3 so he was afraid and he ran for his life <laughs> This is one of the funniest verses in the Bible. I'm sure it wasn't funny at the time, but it is funny looking back at this and it uses this phrase. God uses this figure of speech that we've used this figure of speech to run for your life. This dude was a prophet. He just got done. Remember, he commanded the rain to stop and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed for this kid to that was dead to be resurrected and he was revived. He stepped out and did something he'd never done before. And now this lady threatens him. See, it seems like at the first whenever we do something great, we seem to always the devil seems to always try to get us to run away, always try to discourage us, always try to accuse us, always try to to uh, to, to scare us, to back, get us to back down. And in fact, he did back down for a minute here. It says he was afraid and he rose and ran for his life. And came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Like he did he just didn't even, he didn't care about his relationships anymore. He didn't care about what you know anything that he had done. He had this great, these great victories, and now he's running for his life and he's leaving his servant behind. In other words, he leaves the servant in the Bible is the same word for minister. So the word minister is the word here used for servant. So it's like this guy left his pastor. He left his church. He goes running running away for his life because he gets afraid. Now, I know a lot of people that run when they get afraid and I've ran when I've gotten afraid at times. But you know what? God still used Elijah and God still can use those people that run and God still can use me if I've run. But God wants us to not leave our our minister anymore. <laughs> he leaves his servant and goes and takes a day journey by himself into the wilderness and it says see whenever you leave your church when you're not plugged into a church if i can just be bold to say when you leave your church behind because you're afraid you end up in the wilderness it says he left his servant he left his minister in a sense he left his pastor he's like i don't need you anymore and he goes within one day A day's journey, he ends up in the wilderness. Within one day of leaving, he ends up in the wilderness and he sits down under this juniper tree, the Bible says. And it says, he said, requested for for himself that he might die and said, Lord, it is enough. Now take my life for I'm not better than my father's. Well, it's true you're not better than your father's, but it's also true that you're not worse than your father's. But he's asking God to kill him. He's asking God to take his life. I just need you to see this, that what a letdown. He's discouraged. It's okay. When you run, you're going to end up in the wilderness. And when you end up in the wilderness, you're going to end up depressed. You're going to end up feeling all this oppression and all this anxiety and all this futility. Like, what, what am I even here for? Like, I want you to realize that this guy was used by God in one of the most powerful ways that anybody who's ever lived. But even him, when threatened by Jezebel, when threatened for his life, he got afraid and he ran in the wrong direction. But you know what? God didn't give up on him and you might have been running in the wrong direction. And God's not giving up on you either. I want you to realize that in his life, depression has set in. And one of the leadership lessons that we can take from Elijah is God can still use us when we're depressed. God can still use us when we are dealing with anxiety. God can still use us when we've given up. God can still use us. You know, even when we're faithless, I love what 2 Timothy says, even when we're faithless, God remains faithful. That God's going to keep his promise to you not because of your faithfulness, but God's going to keep his promise to you because of his faithfulness. Boy, I really want you to get that depression starts setting in to Elijah's life, but God is still going to be faithful to him. And I want you to notice God's prescription in first Kings, chapter 19, verse five. This is a prescription that I've actually used in my life when I've been depressed. And I want you to see there's a few things here that he does. It says he laid down and sleeps under a juniper tree, verse five. So he's depressed and he goes to sleep. He lays down to sleep. You know what? Sometimes that's exactly what you need to do. Sometimes you feel like sleeping middle of the day. Maybe you do need to go in your car and take a 10 minute nap or 20, whatever. I mean, you God is not limited to your range of emotions like God. God is not limited to using you when your emotions are healthy. He can use you when your emotions are unhealthy, too. And really, it's not unhealthy to feel depressed. Sometimes it's unhealthy to stay that way. It's unhealthy not to treat it, but it's not unhealthy to have it. It's not unhealthy to have anxiety. It's unhealthy if you don't treat it, if you don't do something about it. But it's not unhealthy to have these human emotions because Elijah sure did. And what does it say? Here's God's prescription. I'll just read you this passage and I'll tell you the three things that that this actually means. So an angel touches him and says, Arise and eat. Then he looks and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water, verse six. So he ate and drank and then he laid down again, goes back to sleep. Verse seven, then the angel of the Lord came to him a second time, touched him again and said, arise now, eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food, 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of God. Notice God's prescription, sleep, Bread and water. Sleep, food, and water. Water, good food, because it was angel food, right? It was food from heaven. The angel brought the food. So it was good. Whatever it was, it was good. And so he drank water, he ate some food, and he slept. And then he got on with God's purpose. In fact, he ate, he drank he slept angel. Of course, the angel woke him up and gave him the, the bread and the water. And then he goes back to sleep and the angel gets him up again. And God says, get on with your purpose. And I really want you to get this. that That is a simple prescription. When you are when you have a letdown, when you are discouraged, when you are depressed, it's not change your whole life. It's not sacrifice everything or forfeit everything so that you can have this one thing. It's it's get some rest, get some sleep, eat some food, drink some water, get some more rest. Then God is going to call on you and still going to use you. I love that the fact that the angel came to him twice because it says something to me. It says sometimes a messenger comes into our life and we hear it and we act on it right away. We get the answer and we move on it. But sometimes we don't. But God doesn't give up on us. So God sends an angel. I mean, how many people have ever had an angel come to them, give them bread and water, and then you go to sleep and then the angel comes back and gets you up again like God is so patient. He's so patient with us. He's so patient with you. Why not be patient with yourself? Why not decide today? Stop beating yourself up. Start eating better. Start drinking a ton of water. Start getting some more sleep, you know, burning the candle on both ends and never getting sleep. It doesn't lead to anything good. God will use you. And he wants you to rest and he wants you to eat and he wants you to drink. It's like these are not unspiritual things. Rest is not unspiritual. In fact, it's spiritual. Eating is not unspiritual. In fact, it's spiritual. And drinking water and, and, and drinking healthy things. There's nothing unspiritual about that. It's all spiritual because it's all God's idea and it's how God uses us. Your body needs to be replenished. Your body needs rest. Your body. This was a human being. Elijah prayed and the rain stopped. But this is a guy who also got depressed and discouraged, but he he took the medicine, the water, the food and and the rest. And he got up, get backs up. He gets back up and he gets on with his purpose, with God's purpose for his life. And then look at what it says. Then he came to the cave in verse nine and lodged there and behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left and they seek my life to take it away. This is this is a moment of self pity, you know, right? So God gets him out of his self pity by saying, God says to him, go forth and stand on the mountain and behold, go, go forth, go forward. When you feel sorry for yourself, God says, go forward. God says, go forth. The, the remedy for feeling sorry for yourself is taking the next step forward. The Remedy for depression, go forward. The remedy for feeling sorry for yourself, go forward. The remedy for self-pity, go forward. You can whine and complain about it, but God's at the end of the day, after you've whined and said how you're you're this, you've done this for God and you've done that for God. God's still like, go forth, take the next step, stop praising yourself or feeling sorry for yourself and just take the next step. And it says, so he did in a great and behold, the Lord was passing by and a great strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle blowing, a still, small voice. It says, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, which represents the anointing. And it means we've got to fill our face with the anointing of God, fill our face with God's love, fill our face with God's spirit, fill our face with God's promises. He said he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here? And he said, I've been zealous for the Lord. Your covenant has been torn down. Your altars have been torn down. Your prophets have been killed. I alone am left and they seek my life to try to kill me. And it says, and I wrote this down, no matter how bad you feel about yourself. It's still your responsibility to go forward and pass what you have on to others. I want you to see. The Lord says to him, go back to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you've arrived there, you shall anoint Hazael to be king. Instead of Ahab, and you shall anoint Jehu, son of the king of Israel, and Elisha you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Boy, this is the next step of really being used by God. He says, no matter how you feel, pour into others. No matter how you feel, reach out to others. No matter how you feel, make others, help other people succeed. Boy, if we would just stop worrying about whether we feel good feelings or not when it comes to honoring God and following Jesus and trusting God and and walking in his goodness and walking in his great, we can, we don't always feel the right feelings. Sometimes we feel all the wrong feelings, but God says, go forward anyway and anoint people, bless people, elevate people empower people pass on what you have to others boy i just want you to get this that you have something great inside of you and we have to start following the steps of faith that we don't always feel and whether we feel them or not whether we have the positive emotions or not. Move forward, serve other people, help other people succeed, help other people win. And when you do that, you truly will find the greatest rewards on the other side of serving other people like. Take all your flaws with you, take all your shortcomings with you and move forward and help others and serve others, have compassion on others and help others to succeed even in better ways than you've succeeded. Perhaps like help other people win. You never lose when you help other people win. Well, there's some leadership lessons from Elijah and my promise to you is that God will use you greatly if you let him and wherever you subscribe, on your to your podcast. Please subscribe to Think Like a Champion. Thanks for joining me on Think Like a Champion. And I want to give you an opportunity to give, you know, the Bible says the the world of the generous gets larger and larger, it gets bigger and bigger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. It's time to expand your world. It's time to grow your world. It's time to grow your footprint. It's time to grow your impact. It's time to have a greater impact And the way that you have a greater impact is through the life of generosity, so would you take a moment and give and maybe pay it forward by giving now you can help other people hear this message and help other people get out of the the, the the lows and the valleys of depression and move forward and empower others right now take a moment and sow a seed and plant a financial seed and you can see the different ways you can do that go to lifechangerschurch.com slash give or text to give. All the different ways might be on your screen, but thank you for listening and let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this moment together where we are learning that you will use each of us greatly no matter how flawed we are, no matter how uncertain we are at times and we are just like Elijah in so many ways. We feel like giving up sometimes. We feel like quitting, but you're always there for us, Lord, and you're always faithful to us. And I pray that people will feel and sense your strength, the strength of your presence will be felt, The strength of your presence will be experienced in each person who's connected to me today. In Jesus name. Amen. We'll go forward in one way or another today, and you will see great things happen. Everything else will follow as you keep moving. Forward. Can't wait to see you next week. I'm thinking like a champion. If you don't have a church to go to, come join us at Life Changes Church this Sunday, either online or in person. You can see all of that at LifeChangesChurch.com. God bless.